0: What's up, Hyperfast Agent Nation? On this episode of the show, I have the privilege of interviewing a real estate agent that started off as a lender before making the switch. She's also a mother of two, very, very active in her community, and is on pace to more than double her business this year during the coronavirus, the lockdowns, all of that. So she is a great example of how to expand, not contract, Now get ready to grow hyper fast. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've been looking forward to having you on, and uh, you know, another one of our uh, coaching students. So always great to connect uh, with our coaching members on on the show. Before we dive into well, what you've been doing in your business lately, which is very exciting, uh, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background about who you are and how you got into real estate and what your business is like today.
1: Yeah, so I am a realtor in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Uh, so Norfolk, Hampton, Newport News, Virginia Beach, that area. I was a mortgage lender for about 13 years. And the reason I went into mortgage lending is my mom was a realtor. And so growing up, I never wanted to do what she did. I wanted my own thing. And so I went into mortgages, loved it. 2008 happened and I was burnt out. So I came over to real estate and I absolutely love what I do. Love it.
0: Awesome. So that's an an interesting story that you were in mortgage, switched to real estate. What... Mm -hmm. What prompted that switch? And were, were you in mortgage in the, same, in the same market that you're a realtor in?
1: I am. I am. So I definitely was in the same market. Uh, the, the switch happened for me, I think, because I, I started to get very close with some of the real estate agents that I worked with as their lender. And I just saw what, what else I could do that wasn't being done. Um, and especially with the background that I had with financing, I think, you know, giving that aspect of the transaction and being able to have an educated realtor is so important. And so I made the switch overnight. I called my husband and I said, oh, by the way, um, I'm flying to Texas to visit my girlfriend and Monday I start real estate school. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good thing he holds tight for my crazy ideas and we 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 did it and here we are. So.
0: How, how, was the, uh, how did he take that news?
1: Well, he's kind of used to my uh, crazy, um, out-of-the-box thinking. So the poor guy has been through a little bit in our 18 years of being married. So he's used to that, but that one was a little tough for him. Um, but after the first four or five months of him seeing the difference of lending versus real estate, he definitely understood and um, was glad about the move as well.
0: Yeah. How, I mean, I'm sure you had a a pipeline that you, you know, kind of walked away from on the lending side. So how quickly did it, how quickly did it take you to to get on the real estate side to, to where you were on the lending side or whatever level you were there?
1: Yeah. So my first closing was about five months into it. I, one of the things that I vowed because as we all know, real estate is a small world. And when you're in a market, you tend to do business with the same people over and over again. So one of the things that I vowed was that I was going to leave all of my lending clients because they had agents um, and I was starting from the ground up. And it took me about four months and then I broke the seal and I haven't looked back.
0: Wow. That's uh, just a unique uh, transition. I, I haven't come across a lot of people that have you know done both. So, you have a very unique perspective, I'm sure, that you can bring to your clients right now, right? You've, you've seen the financing side and you understand it better than probably like 99.9% of all agents. So, what's some advice that you can give to real estate agents uh, on how to better advise their clients when it comes to the financing lending
1: side? I think the best advice to give a real estate agent, and I know in our marketplace, there is a little bit of a relational, a lot of times agents act as though the lender works for them. And yes, they do. They absolutely do work for them. But I think creating a fluid uh, energy um, around that relationship and having that bond with your lender to where you can ask them questions have them school you on trigger questions to ask your clients to kind of start getting formulating if this person is truly qualified. Are they not qualified? Where do we stand with them? Um, I think the biggest thing that I see a lot of agents slacking in is they look at lenders as a source of income or a source of marketing money, which truly they should look at them as a partner versus just marketing money.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, I think um a good a good lender that can act fast and deal with issues that clients have or figure out, you know, ways to get to closing, you know, when there's an issue with a potential loan like like those kind of stuff, you know, that that can add up to a lot more than any marketing budget, I think. So
1: Absolutely. And I think lenders, you have to find one that has, and I'll I'll say this loosely, but a good bedside service. They have to be able to answer their phone on the weekends. They aren't just a nine to five. Um, I'm huge on local lenders. I only work with local lenders. um, And I I hate to say that, but if you were my favorite, you are definitely a local lender because I want a place that I can go to your office and I can ask questions and I can send my client to your office. Um, That's really important to me.
0: Yeah I I think that helps. I mean I've I've done deals with local and national lenders and I I always find that the the local guys typically not always but typically you've got a better chance at responses with them and it, it seems like the bigger the bank the harder it is to get people to respond.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: And I I've, I've also noticed, you know, regional geographic differences just cuz I've I've had a lot of experience in the DMV area and then some, you know, personal investing in Florida and I always find it a lot harder to get a lender down there to uh mm-hmm. to talk to me and uh so I think there's there's differences in areas as as well. So really having like the uh local knowledge and and knowing which ones to get in touch with I think can can it can make or break the deal.
1: For sure. For sure. And we're such a heavy military community here in Hampton Roads that you really want to make sure your lender knows the insides and outs of a VA loan. And a lot of times everybody says, oh, it's just an easy deal. But there are some, some things that you have to know and you have to be prepared for with the VA loan that if your lender has no idea, it could really mess up you know, the whole transaction
0: yeah that's that's a a really great point, uh, especially in you know your area what what percentage of your business tends to be military would you say?
1: Oh I would say mine is probably about seventy five percent
0: okay that's, wow so you're you're doing a lot of a uh, lot of VA loans probably right
1: a lot and I do heavy listing side, and I would say most of the buyers in our area are using a VA loan.
0: And just uh, so people know, because I, I don't think I asked up front, but how much uh, business did you do last year? And what do you think you'll do this year in 2020?
1: So last year I did about 9 million. And this year I'm already exceeding that by a million. Um, so we're super stoked about that. And I can only I can only say it's because the biggest ingredient that I've changed to my business is coaching with you guys. So.
0: Well, that's, uh, I mean, to, to, you're on pace to more than double then. So yeah. that's that mm-hmm. is amazing. And uh, you know, I'm glad glad the uh, that you're you're getting the benefit from, from coaching with the with us and the hyperfast agent program in Kerry and you know it's it's just amazing to, to see that, especially in, in this market. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to take your real estate business to the next level? If you do There's no reason to go it alone. Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now. And we wanna see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people, but we wanna give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. On the tactical level, like, you know, we've had COVID lockdowns, all that kind of stuff. Like what have you done to, you know, be on pace to double your businesses this year? Like what tactical things have you done that you think other agents could do?
1: Well, I think one of the greatest pieces of advice that you guys have given us, and I think it goes without saying is, in a time like this, you have to pivot, not pause, and so uh, when, when you have that ringing in your ear the whole time when everybody else has decided to be defeated and you stand up and you're like, we're, we're going to make this happen. So uh, one of the biggest things that I've done is I've started doing the off-market letters every week. I send off-market letters every week. We are a heavy industry here too. We've got Amazon coming here. We've got a lot, of, a lot of industry movement. So we have need moves, not just want moves here. And so those off-market letters are just killing it right now. I'm getting such a great response and it's, it's measurable response. Phone calls, I, I sent a group of off-market letters. I probably sent a hundred and I've gotten four out of just that hundred.
0: That's a killer response rate for those of you who don't know. For, for something in the mail, like usually like one percent is unheard of. So to be at four, uh, that's that's just tremendous. Uh, what what's the inventory you know supply of of buyers to sellers uh, look like down there? I, I assume you've you've got uh, low inventory if you're having that. If if you're at a point where you're having to, you know, find a lot of off markets for your buyer clients.
1: Very low. We are at a spot right now. I actually showed a few houses last Friday and we stood in line in the driveway. So we are, we are truly stood in line to get in.
0: Wow. Six, six feet apart. (laughs) Yeah,
1: six feet apart for sure. With our mask on. But yeah, we we certainly are in a spot of. I mean, our inventory is so low, and certain price points, it is ridiculously low. So,
0: and is that is that something that's been there for a while, or did, did COVID make it a lot worse, or how what's how did it get to this level?
1: We walked into January one pretty low. We so January one was it, it almost kind of exploded a little bit, um, and we and it was, we were manipulating through it. It wasn't too terrible. And then once COVID hit, it just got extremely, extremely low. And then we have the other market um, fluctuations with the lower interest rates right now. So you have buyers who are ready to buy, and there's not, so much pent-up demand right now just because there's nothing on the market.
0: Right. So there's more demand, the interest rates are low, and more sellers probably want to hit the pause button than buyers. So I think I think in most markets, you're getting this effect of, you know, inventory being less than it was going into COVID, which is like the opposite of what a lot of people might might have thought, you know, with what the stock market was doing and jobs and all of that. So it's very challenging if you're a buyer in, in a lot of markets and uh, sounds like yours definitely is is in that camp. Well, uh, what's, what's been the response so you 've been doing these off market letters for people who don't know that's like a letter you're using that generates seller leads you know for for, for buyers that you you have like looking for that type of home and now have that has that led to you know buyers actually buying these homes off market or or maybe maybe it's an or and actually but you know is it also giving you listing leads because maybe that matches't perfect for the for the buyer, they end up not liking it, or what's what's how's the response been? What has it done for your business?
1: Yeah, so it's been a little bit of a mix. I definitely have had some good connection with a buyer and an off-market house. Uh, but for the most part, the average mixed is mix is the seller is so taken back by an agent that's willing to come after them versus them coming to the agent. That they they have me in. They don't interview anybody else because they've already made their mind up that you know I'm an active realtor in such a market that's not doesn't seem to be active um, to them. So I have gotten multiple listings off of those letters, and even have some that are getting the house. We haven't listed yet, but are in the pipeline to list. So it's been a real mix of a result.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's it's always interesting. Like what happens when you're just going out, being active, trying to solve someone's problem. Like you're, you've got this buyer, right. That can't find the home they want. And then by going above and beyond what the typical agent may, may, may do, which is just look in the MLS. Like you're actually going out trying to solve their problem of not having the right home. And sometimes that, that, bears fruit for that specific buyer and and other times it doesn't. But in, in, in either case, it's showing a bunch of sellers that, Hey, Ashley is a, uh, you know, someone who will go the extra mile to, to help her clients. And if this home doesn't work out for her buyer, well, I'm going to consider her or, or maybe I'm only going to consider her for listing the house.
1: Right. And your buyer your buyer falls more in love with who you are as an agent because they really feel like you have their best interest that you say, okay, look, there's 1800 houses on the market right now. None of them fit your needs. Let me find the one that's for you versus you find the one, you know, let's not fit you in what's available. Let's find the perfect home for you. So a lot of the buyers, they just think it's amazing that you would take that extra step to do that. So it leads to more buyer leads because they then turn around and tell all their friends, you won't believe what my agent did for me um, because it is so different.
0: So you're you're communicating to the buyers about this process and the steps you take to to find these off-market homes?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because when you've got a market like this and you've shown a buyer 10 houses and none of them fit their needs, they start to get a little on the defeated side. And, and when you bring this up to them, you're like, well, the, don't get defeated. We, I'm going to send a letter out. We've defined the area you want to be in. I'm sending a letter to every person that owns a home in there, and we're going to find the right one for you. And to them, it gives them hope that, okay, maybe we will find the right one because this market does not show any sign of me finding the perfect house that's already on the market. So it does delay the de- defeat in such a low inventory market for your buyer.
0: I think it's a critical part of the step is, is, you know, telling them how you're going to do this and, and, and that way they know, you know, I haven't seen the right house yet and and inventory is low, but, but, you know, Ashley's out there generating letters, knocking on doors, you know, getting in front of sellers that aren't on the market yet. I think it's important to remind everyone out there and, and, you know same is true with like a seller when you're trying to sell their home like you you have to not only do the activities that will find you know a buyer a house or get a home sold but you have to communicate that back to the the client because they may not they might not always see all this and if they don't see it they might assume it's it's just not happening so
1: absolutely and if they're a first time home buyer they think this is normal they think every agent's gonna do this so you definitely want to convey to them how this is one of your you know, strategies to, to beat a low inventory market.
0: Have you, have you had to grow your team and hire more people this year, you know, going from 10 million to 20 million? I'm, uh, I don't, I don't think you told me your average price point, but I, I assume 20 million, you know, in your market's going to be like 40, 50 homes. I'm not, I'm not,
1: yeah, that's exactly right. So we're, my average is about 275. Um, That's my, maybe, average. maybe
0: even more. I might be like, you might be on pace for like 60 or more this year.
1: I'm believing it, (laughs) but yeah, we did. We, we've hired um, a a marketing specialist and currently I am growing a team of agents under me. So we're super excited about that as well, because I feel like with what we've got going uh, it's going to be great. um, And there's a lot to be learned in real estate. uh, So it's going to be, we have about four other admin people coming on board.
0: Okay. So you got your, you're going to have four, but by the end of the year, you'll have four four admin.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then what's, what will the agent side look like?
1: So I have three that are kind of sitting and waiting. Um, and I have two agents that are already practicing real estate that have um, approached me about joining the team as well. So we potentially could be about six. My goal is to be about a team of 10. Okay, um,
0: so that would be... 10, 10 agents and then or 10 total on the team
1: 10 agents for admin
0: okay well it's it's great that you're you know building out the admin side first a lot a lot of a lot of agents kind of go about it the wrong way and, and they, they start off hiring uh, another buyer's agent and, and usually it's because they don't want to um, pay a salary right, right? so and the, the issue with that, of course, is, you know, when, you are, are, when you're a solo agent, you're doing all the admin work for yourself. When you go out and hire another buyer's agent, well, guess what? Now you're doing the admin work for you and that agent, and, and you're, you're taking the activities, you know, cost per hour kind of activities that you're, you're doing down instead of up. So
1: right.
0: uh, hiring the admin, you know, staff first, you know, at least the first two people I think is always the way to go when you're when you're you know going from solo agent to small team and then bigger team.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: What what else have have you been doing since uh, the coronavirus and, and lockdowns? I think I've seen on on social media that you've actually been doing things that have generated a lot of uh, PR and, and and press for yourself, right?
1: Yeah, so when the COVID kind of hit our area, um, I know that I said we're high military, we're high industry, but one of the things that our area has more than anything is medical. Uh, We have EVMS, the Eastern Virginia Medical School. We've got the CHKD, the Children's Hospital. We just have a lot of medical stuff around here. And because of that, a lot of my clients tend to be in medical Uh, We have the Portsmouth uh, Veterans Hospital. And so I I just happened to be strolling through Facebook and social media, and I started to see a common thread of a need. And it wasn't necessarily a tangible item that was a need. It was more of these these medical professionals truly were getting to a spot where they were starting to get almost overwhelmed would be a very – That doesn't even capture what they are with all of the change with COVID and and the things that they had to partake in because of COVID. So I randomly one day decided to put on Facebook that my family and I wanted to adopt a nurse. Um, And we were going to just shower this nurse with gifts on a regular basis and just kind of connect with her. We didn't have to know her name. We just wanted to, or him. Um, But we wanted to just shower them with just thanking them for what they did. Well, that quickly became one of my past clients messaged me and said, hey, I have a connection at CHKD. Uh, Would you like it? And I said, sure. That person then responded back and said, hey, I have 300 people that need what you want. Can you come up with somebody? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. I'll do it. So um, I made a Facebook page and I just said, we called it Adopted Hospital Hero. And we we just started putting it out there. And we kept putting it out, putting it out. Um, I, the TV station, our local news, actually picked it up. And I was on um, the evening news for two of our channels here. I was in the Virginia Pilot, which is our newspaper, and then the local newspaper here as well about what we were doing. And and basically, all it was is you had two veins of being able to participate in Adopt a Hospital Hero. You could truly adopt a hospital hero, which would be like a resident or a doctor or a nurse. Um, or you could actually be a part of our weekly drop-offs. Each week we would drop off just little gifts, little thank yous. Um, one of our, our um, themes, we had a theme every week, was this shift is bananas. We played off the song. And so we, we got a, a, a grocery store to donate a bunch of bananas, and we drew funny faces on them. And we dropped them off so that they would have a snack to eat in between patients, because believe it or not, they were so busy with the extra work of having to put on the protection gear of, you know, the mask and the extra stuff that they were putting on. They really weren't getting breaks. They don't, they weren't getting um, water breaks. They weren't getting snack breaks and they were just flat exhausted. So we just thought of things that they could utilize that would, would bring joy to them um, because they were really most of the healthcare people in this area were completely just wore out because of it, um, and still are. It's not stopped, so so it got big.
0: So three so three hundred people got helped from from the group ultimately.
1: I would say probably more than that. We had oh. about sixty people that were actually adopted. And then we had we would just drop off, I would say anywhere between 200 and 300 small gifts a week, and we did it in different areas, different hospitals. We uh, did it at three different places each week, and it was just really great. And it was bananas lotion because at one point, their all of their faces were starting to burn because of the mask that they were wearing. Just little stuff, and all of the companies in the area were donating. Um, we had Frito-Lay donated chips, Starbucks donated coffee for the night shift. Um, so just everybody came together. It was amazing.
0: Wow. That's, that's, you know, the story is amazing just on, on so many different levels. Like, you know, one that you were just stepped up and, and kind of, did, you know, a lot of people might start asking questions. It sounds like you just were like, yeah, I'll do it. And, and then figured out a way and got, got the rest of you know the community involved and, um, you know, ultimately affected several hundred lives who, who are going through a time where they, they really needed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it's the letters that we were getting, you know, you you always look at these doctors as, you know, they're, they're the ones that diagnose us with really important things and they're the ones that can, a conversation with them can change your whole life, you know, um, but then you see them in need and you see, you see how, um, how heavy this was on them. And you, there was nothing, but you just wanted to help. You just wanted to take that pressure off of them. If they didn't already have enough pressure on them uh, with their job, but to have this extra on them was just crazy. So it was really great.
0: Well, that's uh, truly an amazing story. And, and what you've done you know, this year with helping the community, taking your business, you know, to the next level more than doubling during a time when a lot of people are contract, contracting and, uh, and, and doing it while, while being, you know, a mother and a wife, it's just amazing to see and, and very inspiring.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
0: before we wrap up, I want to do the hyper fast rounds, a couple of rapid fire questions. If you're ready, I'm ready. All right. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to a new real estate
1: agent? Prospect, prospect, prospect. Every day you need to prospect. Um, Whether that's handwritten note cards, phone calls, there has got to be at least two hours of your day prospecting.
0: Yeah, I think that's a simple but just great piece of advice that could impact the lives of so many people. Like if, if more agents would, starting out, would just do two hours a day, like you said, and have the discipline consistency, the success rate would be a lot better than it is. Absolutely. What about uh, an experienced agent? What What piece of advice would you give an experienced agent?
1: I think for an experienced agent, I think what I would definitely suggest for them is to find a mentor that, is two steps ahead of them and to find someone that they can strive to not reinvent the wheel to take their game up.
0: All right. Uh, What's been the biggest challenge in your real estate career and how did you overcome it or what did you learn from it?
1: I would say the biggest challenge for me is probably balancing. I know everyone says this balance. Is there truly a balance? It would be balancing being a mom and being an agent. And so I currently have a 17 year old and a 12 year old. My 17 year old is embarking on his senior year of high school, um, which we're not sure what that looks like this year. And so he wrestles and he's pretty competitive in wrestling. So balancing and making sure that I am never missing a wrestling match, um, but I am always there on the other side of the phone when a client calls. And the way that I figured that out is, number one, hiring the best admin staff I possibly could afford. Um, that helps tremendously. And organizing, keeping myself organizing, organized, keeping my calendar to the T. And I'll be honest with you, I just hired a, a personal organizer just to do that, just to organize my life. Um, because I knew that that was such an important key to me growing as a realtor.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Even, yeah, like you got to look at like everything, like almost through a business lens and, you know, those time the, the time spent at the wrestling match, you're not going to ever get that <laughs> chance again. So if you can, you know, if you can hire someone to do just, like, easy, mundane tasks that you might not even think of, like, whether it's folding your laundry or fixing your calendar or helping with client gifting or scheduling, like, you know, that – that the, the money you spend on that is going to help you – A, help you make more money, but, but B, like, give you those – more of that time with your family.
1: Right, because who knew last year, the last wrestling match could possibly – Possibly have been his last. We may not wrestle this year because of all of the COVID. So had I had I said, "Oh, I have next year," you know, I would have missed some pretty important things. So
0: yeah, no, that's a great a great perspective and and, and point to make. So you know, if you're if you're out there thinking about making that first tire uh, or or the next tire, you know, just 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 do it. Um, figure it out and and get it done
1: yeah
0: Uh, when you're not selling real estate what would we what would we find you doing most likely
1: on a wrestling match on the side of a soccer field we just got a chocolate lab so that's been a lot of fun um he's six months old but he's 85 pounds oh wow (laughs) (laughs) um and really we you know i i'm probably going to be at home hanging out with the kids that's probably what you'll find me doing. I love to be in my community. Um, so we do a lot of community events in my front yard. Uh, we have a client event on every second Friday of the month called front porch Friday. And all of my neighbors come and all of the clients that I closed that month and we just hang out. So just kind of hanging out at the house and doing life in my, in my community.
0: Awesome. But so where do you see yourself in five years? This is the last one, by the way, <laughs>
1: Okay. In five years, um, I would like to see our our team at a strong ten full time agents, with the admin staff to support that. Um, I think I would like to see a lot of growth personally in me. I know there is, and that's another thing. If you're a seasoned agent and you have been, I hate that word seasoned, by the way, but if you're an agent that's been doing real estate and practicing real estate. Always knowing that there's room to grow is so important. Um, making sure that you know that you don't know everything is so very important. Um, so I know there's a lot of that for me. I know I have a lot of growth, and I think having my team grow and and be a well-oiled machine is where I'd like to see us in five years.
0: Awesome. Well, it's exciting to uh, watch the growth you've already had, and and uh, and hopefully, you know, even more yet to come. So. Thank you for being on the show. And, uh, before we sign off, do you want to just remind everybody of what areas you serve and also the best way, you know, email or social media to get, to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you or connect with you?
1: Yeah. So, um, I serve Hampton roads. So recently we were renamed 757. You can reach me at Ashley at cell 757. Um, certainly you can find me on all the social media platforms and, um, and definitely reach out if you have any questions. I'm always here.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Ashley, for being on the show. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.